Attention listeners, thank you for choosing the In-Flight Movie Podcast. The captain has turned on the broadcast sign, so please take your seat, relax, open your favorite bottle of whiskey, and enjoy. As Jeremy... When we were kids, um, we actually had to go to a place and pick out a movie, and it was on a thing called a cassette. And Brandon... Movies have always been kind of like an escape for me, away from society and from school and from work. Discuss whiskey and movies. The show will begin in three, two, one. I'm a leaf on the wind, Brandon. I'm a leaf on the wind. It is Serenity on the In-Flight Movie Podcast. Hands and knees and heads bowed down. Everybody down. This is a robbery, but what we're after is not yours. Listen up. We're coming down to empty that vault. You have to give me your authorization password. Okay. This is the captain. We may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I don't want to explode. So here's us on the raggedy edge. Come a day there won't be room for naughty men like us to slip about at all. I'm taking your sister under my protection here. She's conditioned for combat. She's a creature of extraordinary grace. The only people she's a threat to is us on this boat. River, do you want to stay with them? It isn't safe for them. Every minute you keep her from me, more people will die. You think I care? Of course you can. The Alliance has gone to enormous trouble to find a little friend. You'll know what it is you're carrying. You know that game. I really don't. It's worse than you know. It usually is. So where is it written that we gotta lay down our lives for her? You wanna run this ship? Yes. Well, you can't. No more running. I am to misbehave. It's a fair bet the Alliance knows it's coming. No, they're not gonna see this coming. think any of us are going to get through this but i might this is going to get pretty interesting define interesting oh god oh god we're all going to die no yes no yes the universe is going to know the truth you're willing to die for that i am Welcome to another episode of the In-Flight Movie Podcast. My name is Jeremy Remiger, alongside my broadcasting partner and friend, Brandon Lewis. Brandon, Hi. how Hi. are you? Wonderful. How are you? I am great. You know, I almost recorded this outside tonight. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Brandon and I do not record this in the same spot. Uh, it's so nice. It hasn't been this nice in a very long time. Yeah. And I thought I might enjoy a cigar, but... There is an annoying bird that lives in my backyard, and I didn't know how much of the episode we wanted the bird to be a part of. Sure, if they had any, the, uh, if they had any interesting in you know takes on the future and Serenity and weird sci-fi movies. It's also yeah. like we're yeah. we're not nor you or I really enjoy outside. It's specifically in August. So the fact that it's in the 70s right now, um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So I can see why. Yeah, I'm and I, outside. 
And to say I don't enjoy the outside, like, no, I will not camp outside. No. Yes, I will sit outside and smoke a cigar and, and drink a whiskey. Speaking of whiskey. Oh, yeah. We are moving along here. Yeah. We were talking about this before the show, but this is episode eight. That is 16 different whiskeys that we have tried. <laughs> and we have to have to start writing these this down. Season. And we are just over the halfway point of our season. Yeah. And we're doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we I'm, not... I'm actually drinking. I'm drinking something that you've already tasted. Right. Uh, but you are drinking some one of, one of our favorites. Why don't you uh, Why don't you start with the, uh, the whiskey of the evening? I am drinking tonight Basil Hayden's. It was uh, for a long time an independent, but then was bought by Jim Bean probably five or six years ago. Kind of uh, wasn't nothing really changed in the branding or anything like that, but just like really up production. So for a while, Basil Hayden's was kind of hard to find, but now it's like everywhere. Um, it is and kind it, of like my. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. It's like my. Besides, you know, Four Roses and you know makers it's kind of my go-to like this is i really like the bottle it's got like this you know it's got this uh this this paper sleeve on it you're not oh yeah Yeah. it's got some rivets on it yeah it's really cool remember when it came in the in the in the glass face box yeah yeah um just those days are over oh yeah yeah jim bean's not 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 spending that kind of money um but I, we're we're finishing the bottle tonight so cheers to me for finishing a, another one what about you yeah knocking off another one i uh i'm going to a standard of mine but it's a it's an upper scale standard i'm drinking four roses and four roses is for me like i can still drink it neat yeah and oh, not yeah. and not you know feel like i'm lighting my throat on fire <laughs> which is good uh it's just so smooth i know we've talked about it before but it's the first twofer we've had on the show. Is it uh, just the standard four roses, or is it like the single yeah. barrel? Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it's the it's the uh, standard four roses. It's the uh, rest of the vacation bottle. <laughs> so you've knocked a bottle off. I'm proud of myself for not knocking a bottle of yeah. four roses on vacation. We all have different goals for our summer. We do, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I love four roses. Yeah, I also just love it's like it's got a good color. Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard to beat that color. It just looks like yeah. a very traditional bourbon. Yeah, uh, and nothing's overpowering. Like the smell's not overpowering. Yeah. Like the the front isn't overpowering. The back, like it's all good. Yeah. So here here's a question for you. Let's do let's talk a little bourbon. You could only drink three bourbons for the rest of your life. What are you drinking? This has to be bourbon, right? We're not talking Irish whiskey. Right. Yellowstone. Okay, never had it. Um, if I'm feeling really, really lucky, uh, whistle pig. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> but if I if that was all I drank the rest of my life, I'd be in the poorhouse. <laughs> and uh, probably I, you know, I to toss up between Knob Creek and Bullet, but I think I'd go Bullet. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Bullet. Yeah, Bullet. Um, Basil Hayden's. And then Bullet Basil Hayden's probably Makers Forty Six. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I'm gonna go I with. Never liked Makers. Really? 
I just, I mean, it's okay. Looking at my selection right now. Oh, Bland. I got Bland's over there. Bland's is good. Yeah, Blanton's I should have, maybe I should have. No, I would be there. remiss if I didn't mention my father-in-law's distillery in Herman, Missouri. Yeah. Fair and way. Yeah. They make a good bourbon. And I yeah, can probably I... get the family discount on that one. Ooh. So I'm gonna sub out. I'm gonna sub out. I'm gonna sub out the whistle pig for (laughs) Fairway for the strictly for the discount. Yeah, and I think (laughs) I think uh, Fairway will be uh, maybe around Thanksgiving. I'll drink that on the show so I can. Maybe Fairway will be one of our first sponsors. That would be fantastic. You have an inside connection. I'm gonna rely on you as our as our sole marketing team since I run the editing department. I know. Yeah. And you produce. Yeah. And you're the producer, <laughs> but I got our guests. Well, we have a guest coming up. Yeah. We have a guest coming up. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Let's hear my recap from the last episode. I think it's going to be interstellar, but go ahead. Tell me what I'm doing. Oh, okay. No, another, a different sci-fi movie. Okay. Uh, we're going to 2005. A movie called Serenity. What are your first thoughts on the title, Serenity? 2005, I'm going with uh, somebody creates a machine. We both play Assassin's Creed. Something like the Animus, where you get uh, to transport yourself. I would call it augmented reality. It's called augmented reality. And like (laughs) your life. Uh, could be way more peaceful than it actually is right now. I've never heard of this movie. Okay. It's kind of a cult cult favorite. Um, I great. don't think it was a huge blockbuster, but it is a really good sci-fi movie for the era. Can I get a star? Give me a give me an actor. Uh, Nathan Fillion. Great. Never heard of him. Okay. Gina Torres. Okay. All right. Cool. So we're going to have a lot of fun next. It's going to be great. I can't wait. This is going to be the first. No, it's going to be like, I, I think you really like literally, it. well, Baby Driver, I pretty much just, this is going to be a Baby Driver too. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I, um, <laughs> swing and a miss. I, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, did you have any idea that it was going to be sci-fi? Yeah, no. And just knowing you, I knew it was going to be sci-fi. Sure. Um, and I even mentioned something about an animus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. In Mm -hmm. my, in my preview last year. And there was kind of an animus thing. I don't know what they were, they were reading her, the, 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 one of the main characters dreams. I don't know. That's true. Mm -hmm. I did not know that serenity basically meant that the government of the universe turned a single world into the largest gas chamber in <laughs> history. Miranda, right? Miranda. Miranda. Okay. And it, and it, 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 uh, yeah. And I, I also have to, I'm just going to say it right now. I, tomorrow when I'm exhausted because I've had nightmares. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. It's your fault. Oh, well, good. Well, what gave you nightmares? Was it the flashbacks or the reavers? The Reavers. Yeah, those are pretty terrifying. Yeah, they've and got a the, couple the jump dead, scares for you. The dead people uh, on yep. the on that on the planet. Yeah, 
yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple points of uh, some, some good, some good CGI and some good, uh, some good jump scares there. So great yeah. CGI for 2005. Oh yeah. Really cutting edge for the time period. That's part of the reason why I was so attracted to this movie at the time. Um, we'll go into a little bit more of the money aspect of this later, but like initially they were budgeting a hundred million for this movie <laughs> and they ended up only spending 40 uh, for it because they could, they cut some corners on uh, sets and some different things. But um, originally universal was not going to put up a hundred million dollars for this movie. So they had to get creative uh, to, to get the CGI at the level that you expect it to be. They yeah. Had to cut a lot of corners of the places. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, I'm going to do the recap. Yeah. Ready to go. From what I've learned since watching this movie, this is a sequel to a TV series. Right. Called Firefly. Correct. Yeah. So I guess before I give the recap, do we know all these characters? Yeah. All these characters are returning characters except for the operative. Okay. Which I'm going to struggle with his name the entire podcast. Chihidi? Sure. Mm -hmm. Chihidi. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chihidi's from the good place yeah um the movie starts in a dream but you don't know it's a dream but it's cgi enough to make you think this isn't actually reality like right i was watching it and i was thinking there's no way the movie is going to look like this the entire time like there's no way yeah it's got like this kind of white light yeah kind of filter I mean, it reminded me of like a video like a video game like a theatric in a video game yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. um and you find out quickly that they're probing the dreams of this girl named River. And she has a sense. She's psychic, but there's something else that they don't really touch on. Right. She knows when these 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 creatures called Reavers are near. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and they don't really get into this either, the government of the universe, and because they earth got too crowded they had to leave mm-hmm. um this was back in 2005 by the way which is right crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um the government of the universe had a lot of interest in her so they they kidnap her her brother is a doctor he breaks in he sneaks in his way to rescue her yeah he ends up rescuing her they jump on this ship with a crew of uh it's just a ragtag crew of people. Yeah. Quickly fall in love with. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out why. And I could be wrong, but they're trying to figure out why River, this girl, she's 17. They mentioned that in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's so important yeah. to the what they call the parliament. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of her psychic powers. Yeah. Because you, she knows yeah. she knows went wrong on this planet that we're going to get to we'll get to this later and it basically turns into guardians of the galaxy meets star wars meets tombstone (laughs) i mean it is (laughs) um there are some bar scenes in the movie where i'm like oh that reminds me of star wars and then there's some space scenes where i'm reminded of guardians of the galaxy it was really good yeah but 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 spoiler like the spoiler alert is i thought for sure we were going rogue one here 
and everybody oh, in the movie okay. is gonna die as like a big like um as fight against like a big sacrifice against like, the alliance yeah okay yeah yeah okay but they all lived every single one of them well except for except for wash wash yeah wash gets killed yeah in in the final fight scene yeah so that's my best recap go ahead you can fill in the blanks okay so this ragtag group um they kind of allude to this at the very beginning of the movie but when all these new planets were colonized there was a big war between like the outer planets and the inner planets again a very star wars kind of idea and the alliance the inner planets ended up winning and the outer planets are kind of still filled with the veterans of like that unification war and they call themselves the brown cloaks um and so yeah nathan nathan fillion plays one of those brown cloaks uh his first officer on the ship is gina torres going by the name zoe and they were both part of the resistance um since the end of the war they've essentially they run this ship called the serenity um the the tv series was called firefly because the type of ship that they fly is called a firefly ship and if you see the ship it looks like a firefly um yeah. it's got like a big engine on the back that kind of lights up and so firefly um so the the firefly series is like their adventures after the war well it was so popular that they decided to add a movie onto it um but back to the plot um they take on river and her brother simon as like guest because they find out that he's a doctor so that helps him out and river has this ability to like read people's thoughts um so that's kind of how she knows about these reavers and all that stuff because she can read thoughts she's a psychic they find out that river also is like a trained expert killer um, who gets triggered into fighting by secret code words and so after that they essentially try to figure out like why is river so important and they that leads them to this this um planet called miranda that everyone's kind of forgotten about and the government kind of hid and it turns out that on miranda the government the alliance had essentially run a really big science experiment to try to make everyone compliant um they had injected into the air this chemical to essentially lower everyone's aggression um, down to, you know, zero uh, in the hope that, you know, true peace would happen on this planet. Well, it ended up killing everyone because um, aggression is tied to motivation. Yeah, aggression is uh, partially tied to motivation. So like people lost motivation to eat and to drink water and they all just died um but in that process as well there was a side effect of the drug in which a very small portion of them had the opposite reaction um their aggression was maxed out uh, and they went crazy and essentially so there's this group now in the in the universe called the reavers who are ultra aggressive and you know are like cannibals um so the end of the movie is essentially finding out that the Alliance created the Reavers and then they they hid it from everyone, uh, that they killed 30 million people on this planet, hid it from everyone. And now Nathan Fillion is going to is going to tell that secret to the world um, so that he can expose the Alliance for who they are. So, yeah, I think it's important that 
the creation of the Reavers is was an accident. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But then they didn't want to be blamed for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They also mostly didn't want what to be blamed for the murder of yeah. thirty million people. Mostly what they're they're worried about is being blamed for the death of the entire planet. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So our, our heroes kind of travel to Miranda. They see all the dead people. They listen to an audio message, which explains everything conveniently. And then they go about the final push to try and release this information to the world. I'm sorry, to the to the universe so that everyone becomes aware. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's got like it's definitely sci-fi, but also it's got like this weird like outlaw western, wild, wild west feel. Oh, absolutely. Um, where everyone kind of talks with an accent. Yeah, it was <laughs> like broken English, broken slash... English, like slang, like southern yeah. slang, but also mixed with like Chinese, which I also thought was a super interesting. Uh, yeah, well, we get yeah, component. which ties in like the idea that like once we leave Earth, we aren't we are separated by nothing anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so what what I found Except interesting that everybody in the movie spoke English. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, strangely enough, yeah, the alliance is still <laughs> promoting English throughout the universe. Um, but it was interesting. Like most of the text that you see throughout the entire movie is is like Mandarin, you know, um, yeah. or some yes. some Chinese dialect. And so yes. that's and everyone knows how to read it and stuff like that. It's like no big deal. Um, and every once in a while, the characters will throw in a, a Mandarin word or two, um, yep. like when they're cussing or something like that. And it's kind yeah. of. It's an interesting aspect of the of the show and the movie. Yeah. Rated PG-13, which had to be touching the line for violence because yeah. it's not that violent. And, I mean, the, there's not, like, I mean, I can count. I can only remember, like, seeing blood once. But, yeah, scary enough. For yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's, like, some skeletons going in different places. These reavers are eating people um it i would agree with you it's it's maybe in the violence department they had to give it the 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 r but there's really nothing else that would push it beyond i mean language is not an issue nudity, yeah nothing like that yeah so definitely definitely uh you're right on that you want to yeah. talk about these uh these actors a little bit yeah uh if anybody recognizes the names of these actors uh, let us feel know free, feel free to uh <laughs> Let us know somehow. I don't know you're going to do that, but uh, yeah, I'll take the first half. We had Nathan Fillion who plays, I guess, what becomes the main character. Yeah, Malcolm. Yeah, where he goes by Mal. Gina Torres plays Zoe. Alan Tudyk plays Wash. He's the pilot of the Serenity. Yeah, and Chi Weedle Geofor. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor um, plays a major role in Doctor Strange. Yeah, and he's was he not the main actor in Twelve Years a Slave? Oh yeah, the, that one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Adam Baldwin plays uh, Jane, who's a, a guy, uh, and he's basically the comic relief of the movie. Yeah, he Gun also plays Kurt, He played Kurt Warner in the Kurt Warner movie that came out. Like, oh really? Ago. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All and right. It, I didn't know that until I looked up his name earlier. So you want to take the last? Take the yeah. Last so three. Summer Glau, Glay, Glue, something wow. like that. G L A U. <laughs> yeah, uh, plays River. 
Um, Jewel State plays Kaylee. Kaylee is the engineer on the on the ship. She's got some funny lines throughout this. Yeah, um, she, she does. She's she's funny. And then Sean Mayer plays Simon, the brother of River uh, and the Doctor. Um, so I mean, who's the most well-known actor on this list? Probably Nathan Fillion. I was gonna say Chiwetel. Yeah, that's true. He's done some more recent stuff, but Nathan Fillion you might recognize from. Um, he was the main actor in Castle, the series. Um, and he's done, you know, in and out of a bunch of different shows and everything like that since then. He's um, the guy that, like, you look at him, you're like, is that Jason Bateman? And you're like, no, it's not Jason Bateman. It's the other guy. <laughs> and you're like, hold on, is it? Is that Jeremy Renner? No, 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 no not Jeremy, Jeremy Renner. Renner. And Jason Bateman spawned a human. Right. Right. Nathan Fillion. And yeah, they can do a southern accent. Um yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, he does he did Castle from 2009 to 2016. Um The Rookie. Um oh, the Rookie like cop series uh that yeah. is still I think still going on. Yeah, he plays John Nolan in that. And then pretty much a whole lot of things as as Malcolm, as as Nathan Fillion. Um you know, kind of doing some cameos. So yeah. definitely him. Um, Sarah Paulson has like the briefest cameo of all time in a movie. Yeah. Is she in the series? No. Okay. No, this is, she has her 30 seconds in this Le- movie. Legitimately, and it's the yeah. same 30 seconds four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, she plays the the lady recording uh the the holographic message about what happened on miranda and so they play that clip three or four times and that's pretty much it but yeah. that's something that, that my wife did point out she said hold on is that is that sarah pulls yeah did she oh. popped up i was like what is she doing here like what does she owe somebody a favor or? <laughs> in, in 2005 not that the movie is bad but it's just like there's a bunch of you know for better or worse no names in this movie yeah and then all of a sudden she's there i mean yeah. And she's not yeah. like the most popular person, but she's in things. Yeah. Like I said, so this like this movie came about only because of the show. Um, and the show, with its limited budget, pretty much created this cast out of, you know, relative nobodies. It's technically made by Fox, but I believe it was on uh the sci-fi channel. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, and they only ran for twelve episodes. Um, this this is sad, but it's it was they had filmed fourteen, and they made twelve of them. I'm sorry, they they had scheduled fourteen, but it got canceled after twelve episodes. Um, but then, yeah, it the the fans were so upset um, that they tried to get another network to kind of like pick it up. No one ever did. And then a couple years later, Universal bought the rights and asked the director to kind of make a movie out of it. Um, which is what the director wanted to do uh, as well. And we can talk a little bit about the director as well as part of this, if you want. Yeah, we should just talk about Joss Whedon right now. Yeah, I mean, he, whenever I looked, you know, I've heard his name, of course, and then I started looking into his filmography and it is like, he's got some great stuff. Yep. He's got some great stuff. He is the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, kind of an iconic 1990s, early 2000s franchise hopefully everybody knows buffy the vampire yeah yeah firefly he created that 
Um, and then more recently, I'm sorry, Alien Resurrection. He created that. Cabin in the Woods. I don't do horror movies, but apparently that was a good one. He was he helped write the screenplay for the original Toy Story. Yeah, it's yeah. That was crazy when I saw that. Yeah, and he helped write the screenplay for the Justice League movie that came out in 2017, 2018. Which um, is funny because he also worked on the Avengers. Right. And then like his biggest credits he's got is the event the first Avengers movie. He directed that and he also directed Avengers Age of Ultron, helped write it and helped produce it. Like he's got yeah. major he's got major MCU credit overall and now right now he's working on an hbo series called the nevers i haven't watched it yet but if it's anything like his other stuff i might try to watch it yep no he's got some serious firepower yeah so i mean this is way back i mean this is really early in his career right after buffy was kind of success he creates firefly and then is asked to kind of make this movie serenity to kind of go along with it his one condition for making the movie was that all nine of the original cast mes- cast members had to be like back. And after he got all nine, he was like, okay, yeah, we'll we'll make it. So he got to work and they spent about two years making it. It did not do like a big theatrical, like, you know, thousand theater, you know, across the country release. It did like film festivals first. Yeah. And then after that, it got, went, went mainstream. Yeah. And, and you know, I had never heard of it. I know I said that last episode. When I searched Serenity to like find it, there's like another Serenity with Anne Hathaway and Matthew McConaughey, oh. <laughs> which is like, I don't. Think, not a movie I'm gonna watch, but I, I was don't like, think Brandon wants me to watch this. Is this the one? No, it can't be. Yeah, <laughs> so we can talk about River for a minute. Okay, she's basically a ninja. Yeah, I mean she is a so, good yeah. fighter. Yeah, she's an. They train her to be an assassin, essentially. Is that what they're doing? Is that is that the process that I don't know about? That's the process you don't know about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that they've they've used her psychic abilities to essentially like find where a high level target's gonna be and then be able to kill them easily. Gotcha. And that's that's the weapon that they're trying to make out of her, which is why she has so many scenes of her just like destroying literally 30 people in a room. There's like two or three times where she does that. Yeah. Easily. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, all because of some kind of subliminal trigger or something like that that causes her to kind of go into assassin mode. But all while playing like this, you know, kind of like mentally lost 17-year-old teenager who like no one just right. Yeah, who no one can understand and no one really understands like why she's kind of messed up. But to the credit of her brother Simon, he's like always by her side and like tries to understand and there's a lot of conflict that is in between the crew about what to do about river she's like a ticking human time bomb right because there's a couple times where she fights the crew and literally destroys them um and they just they don't know what to do uh and then before we get into why we loved it and then scenes yeah the the humor is really it's pretty good yeah i mean it's like my kind of humor like we kind of talked about with dave like you gotta like really listen to it and then you're, and then it's like, oh yeah, that was, uh, that was really, yeah, that was, that was funny. I don't recommend this a lot, but this might be a movie you like listen to or like watch with subtitles, simply because there's some lines that you might miss without, without being able to read them. Yeah. Just some of the jokes, or just make sure the volume's turned up pretty loud. 
because some of Nathan Fillion's lines are really good, but they're quiet as he as he delivers in a specific way. So, like I, I said, watched I, with I, I watched I actually watched with my Xbox headphones. So oh nice, yeah yeah. Which I don't ever do. I never watch a movie like that. But yeah, I did tonight. Yeah, well I I love this movie. I think it's awesome. For some reason, to me, that whole like the whole idea that like space exploration is going to be kind of like the wild, wild west is really appealing to me. There's lots of different like ways you can think about, you know, universe expansion or galaxy expansion. And like the Western sci-fi, I don't know, was always kind of really appealing to me. So this, this is all that it's all like, once you go into space, there are no rules, right? Like you're fending for yourself. Um, I loved the series. I thought it was really good. And so I really liked the fact that there was, you know, it had a movie. Um, the character development, I think, is really good on um, the series. But in the movie, they do a good job of getting you caught up. And then lastly, it's just funny. I think it's funny. Yeah, um, it's great. Yeah. And if you haven't caught on to this yet, it's got a little bit of a political message built into it as well about – individual freedom versus like control and i always like to i always like whenever movies embed those like those cultural conversations into movies not like overtly in your face but when they're kind of buried a little bit and you kind of have to pick out two or three lines to to figure it out but there are a couple great lines in this movie where you're like oh he this is what he's fighting for this is what he's willing to die for is this individual personal freedom against the alliance so i liked it um so I, every every reason that you liked it i liked it i'm gonna add on to what you just said and i know you probably know where i'm going with this but the main assassin or the main guy who's chasing them around trying to basically kill river right says that he hopes for a world with no sin yeah and it's interesting that in this movie they've decided to equate like personal freedom with sin so yeah the whole point <laughs> is that they're trying to rid the world of personal freedom so they drug them to make them less compliant and yeah what it actually does is just eliminate free will altogether right and yeah they, <laughs> and they choose to do not like they end up choosing to do nothing right yeah which is which is free will is yeah i mean as a theology teacher free will is what allows us to sin so a world without sin would be a world without free will and then we would just die anyway it was just an interesting yeah deal hmm. i've never thought of it like that I, i've always looked at this movie as like the aggression component not the free will component right like well it's both though right i mean aggression it is free will yeah yeah but I've, yeah. I've never really thought of it as like oh like they're eliminating free will in the process yes yeah. interesting okay Another reason we are doing this podcast. Right. <laughs> never see a movie the same way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump to scenes. Yeah. Um, there are a ton, ton of scenes. Um, the beginning of the movie does a lot of like character development and relationship development. But when you get to my first favorite scene is at minute 50. Nathan Fillion is about to get off the ship to go confront the operative for the first time and he puts zoe uh, gina torres in command of the ship and <laughs> and he says now remember 
if anything happens to me or you don't hear from me in like an hour, you take the ship and you come rescue me. <laughs> Which is not the line in you any expect. movie that you just, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just go save yourself. Yeah. Save yourself. I'll be fine. You know, I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good. He goes, no, you come rescue me. And she responds with, oh, and risk my ship. Like, <laughs> and so it, it very much shows um, the character of, of Nathan Fillion as um, Mel. Find us a home. I'll take a shuttle in closer. Zoe's ship is yours. Remember, if anything happens to me, if you don't hear from me within the hour, you take the ship, you come and you rescue me. What? Risk my ship? I mean it. It's cold up there, and I don't want to get left. One minute later? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole, there's a whole like, a, five minutes here. We're all... We learned that really Mal funny. has a love interest that basically he kicked off the ship. That's what I'm guessing happened. Yeah, during the series, she is what's known as a companion, in quotes, um, okay. in the universe, which is a prostitute. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, and so she rented a space on his ship to be a companion and then she would like fly the shuttle off from the ship every once in a while and go do things ah, and come back well they sense. kind of during the series they kind of fall in love and go on a couple dates um but you kind of get that in their interaction um yeah. okay. but go ahead at minute 51 so he goes back to her planet because she calls him and he's like she wouldn't set me up but she set him up she yeah. didn't want to but she had to and she's praying Mal has no taste for religion. He, he's he's befriended a Christian on this planet that they call the Shepherd. Yeah, nice little play on words there. And yeah. then he's also, you know, in love with a Buddhist. So she is praying, and he comes to her planet. And his first words to her are, "Dear Buddha, please bring me a pony and a plastic rocket." <laughs> and just straight mocking prayer. Yeah, he. I mean. It's one of those scenes where you have to watch like he's like disguised and he kneels next to her and just very quietly just delivers that line. And, and then she like, goes and then she's like, what are you stupid? Like, why are you? Why did you come here? Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, because you asked me to. And she goes, yeah. it's a trap. He goes, oh, I know. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware. Um, yeah. So here's that scene now. Dear Buddha, please bring me a pony and a plastic rocket. Mal, what are you doing here? Well, you invited me. Never thought for a second you'd be stupid enough to come. Well, that makes you kind of a tease, doesn't it? You knew my invitation wasn't on the level. Which led me to conclude that you must be in some trouble. I'm fine. I'm giddy. For a woman schooled in telling a man what he wants to hear, you ain't much of a liar. Mal. Again, like right after that, the operative and 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 Malcolm meet for the first time. And there's actually like a, it's like a really serious conversation between the two in which you kind of get the whole story. Like what is the operative trying to do? What does Malcolm want to do? They kind of clarify what river's role in the whole thing is. And that's where you start getting the lines about like um, the operative saying, um, I want, I want a world without sin. Um, we're trying to make the perfect world all these types of things and like essentially telling Malcolm, like stay out of our way and we'll let you live in peace. 
um, but it's a really good set of lines um, in which Malcolm is just responding with like one liners the entire time that he's trying to give this really serious speech, including like, I never credited the Alliance with an overabundance of brains. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and this interaction eventually leads to a fight scene between the two um, as Malcolm tries to get away. I have to say, Captain, I'm impressed that you would come for her yourself and that you would make it this far in that outfit. I can be very graceful when I need to. I've no doubt. What are you doing? I'm praying for you, Mel. She's very thoughtful. But I mean it when I say I've no intent to harm you. Speak of peace. I think you're beginning to understand how dangerous River Tam is. She is a might unpredictable. Mood swings of a sort. It's worse than you know. It usually is. That girl will rain destruction down on you and your ship. She is an albatross, Captain. The way I remember it, albatross was a ship's good luck till some idiot killed it. Yes, I've read a poem, Try Not to Faint. I've seen your war record. I know how you must feel about the Alliance. You really don't. Fair to say. But I have to hope you understand you can't beat us. I got no need to beat you. I just want to go my way. And you can do that. Once you let me take River Tam back home. No, no, you're working this deal all crabbed. You gotta open with payment. That is a trap. I offer money, you'll play the man of honor and take umbrage. I ask you to do what is right, you'll play the brigand. I have no stomach for games. I already know you will not see reason. The Alliance wanted to show me reason. They shouldn't have sent an assassin. I have a warship in deep orbit, Captain. We locked onto Serenity's pulse beacon the moment you hit Atmo. I can speak a word and send a missile to that exact location inside of three minutes. You do that. You'd best make peace with your dear and fluffy lord. Pulse beacon. Advice from an old tracker. You want to find someone? Use your eyes. How long do you think you can really run from us? I never credited the Alliance with an overabundance of brains, and if you're the best they've Captain got... Captain Reynolds, I should tell you so that you don't waste your time. You can't make me angry. Please spend an hour with him. I want to resolve this like civilized men. I'm not threatening you. I'm unarmed. Good. That's a good scene. We move on just a little bit. All of our favorite scenes are within like a half hour. Yeah, right. The whole movie's great, but these are the scenes that stand out. They're trying to figure out, they finally figure out that Miranda, the word that River keeps saying is actually a planet. She points it out to them on a map. It's a planet that's sort of been erased from the database of planets. I don't yeah. know what, it, what, but it's it's erased, so nobody knows about it. And And Malcolm is trying to say that if there's something, if they deleted the planet from the database, there's something that they don't want us to know. And he has a great line. He says, half of writing history is hiding the truth. I mean, that's like, that's like world history 101 for me, like teaching history. Yeah. It's one of my key lessons is about like, you know, the winners are the ones who get to write history. Right. And the winners are also the ones who get to decide what not to write about. Right. Right. So like, 
again, going back to that personal freedom versus control. And, you know, if you allow these types of things to happen without challenging them openly, then 50 years from now, no one will ever know that right. these things happened. Yeah. And yeah. that's what the Alliance is hoping for that because even the crew is barely aware that the planet exists. They remember like some advertisements before the war for people to go to Miranda. Yeah. Which is also creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, but nowhere in the libraries, nowhere in like, they call it the cortex, but it's like the internet. Right. Um, there's no mention of it. Um, it's, it's a, it's a dead planet. So um yeah, the alliance has essentially wiped it off the off the map. And that's pretty uh pretty interesting. Yeah. Um shortly after that, uh, at an hour 10, they've they figured out what happened at Miranda. They're gonna stop it. And then um they try to go back and regroup with some of their friends um who don't really have very much of a role here, but they they find out the alliance has gone around and essentially killed all their friends. And um so they have to figure out what to do. Um, and Nathan Villian essentially decides whether we live or die, we're going to expose this, this murder, this Holocaust to the universe. We're going to share this knowledge. And so he says, I mean to live. This is how it is. There are a lot of ways to die, and I won't let the Alliance choose for me. And he essentially gives an ultimatum to the entire crew. Either join me or stay here, but I'm going to go, I'm going to take the ship and I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to expose everything. It's a very intense scene. Sir, do you really mean to turn our home into an abomination so that we can make a suicidal attempt at passing through river space? I mean to live. I mean for us to live. The Alliance won't have that. So we go where they don't follow. God's balls. There ain't no way we're going out there. There was a level of alive. This is how it is. Anybody doesn't want to fly with me anymore, this is your port of harbor. There's a lot of fine ways to die. I ain't waiting for the Alliance to choose mine. I mean to confound these bungers. Take my shot at getting a Miranda. Maybe find something I can use to get clear of this. So I hear a word out of any of you that ain't helping me out or taking your leave, I will shoot you down. Get to work. When you compare that to like his Buddha line from from earlier, yeah, it's the most intense. I think it's probably the most intense you see him. Yeah, at that point, and then everything else is just intense. Yeah, absolutely. And so I don't know. I really like to see the range of actors when they can go funny humor, and in the same movie can be like. And we kind of talked. We talked about that a little bit with Baby Driver. Like, like, like John Hamm is a fantastic actor in that movie because you see him as funny character, but then also murderous, you right. know, um, protagonist. So yeah. um, Nathan Fillion does a good job at at a at an hour twenty one of doing that. Um, or I'm sorry, an hour ten of doing that. And then uh, for me, the last one I quoted at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I soar. Yeah. And it's an interesting, if you, you had to really pay attention to the dialogue in the movie between Mal and the shepherd on the planet Haven. Um, but he always references them to being a leaf and uh, sort of going where the wind blows you. Right. And 
and the pilot, uh, Wash, is saying that as he's guiding the ship through this absolute impossible landing. Right. On yeah. The planet. Yeah, yeah. Maneuver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he just keeps saying it over and over again um, as he's kind of flying down to the surface of this planet during this big battle. It is really cool. He even he even says like humorously once because he gets hit by like the ship gets hit by something, and he goes, "What? I'm a leaf on the wind." Like, yeah. <laughs> this is like his whole. It's like the only it's, thing he says. Yeah. It's like his last eight lines of the movie. I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I soar. Yeah, and then actually, unfortunately, like right after that scene, he dies. You saw that coming, huh? Oh, I did not see that coming. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. Yeah, that was that was terrifying for me. Whenever I saw that for the first time, I was I was shocked. I was I, not I expecting it. Yeah. No. Um, again, in the movie, they crash the ship, and then like he's just sitting in the seat. And he goes, I'm a leaf on the wind, and all of a sudden, this giant spike from an enemy ship pierces the 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 cabin and just punches him right in the chest and kills him instantly and it's the whole the whole screen is red because of like warning lights and all that stuff and it just is it's terrifying it's a terrifying moment yeah well that's that's my favorite scenes i mean that's it i i like it i like it a lot (laughs) best job in the movie uh, I went between Nathan Fillion and Alan uh, Tudyk. Tud, Tudyk. 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 Sure. Uh, between Malcolm and Wash, the pilot. Um, I got to go with Malcolm, though. I I don't. This is definitely one of those types of shows and movies that it revolves around Nathan uh, Fillion. Uh, without him, I don't think it works. It, it's not like some other shows where you you have a very um, I don't know, uh, it's balanced between all the characters. It's very centered on Malcolm, and without him, I mean he I mean he has every third line in the movie essentially. Yeah. So yes. I think he does a great job. He has a great range throughout this movie. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I, I want to be contrarian, but I can't. He is uh, he's the best. I mean he, he's the best in the movie. Yeah, I will say the operative though is really good. Yeah, but I just don't believe his absolute stupidity to reality. Like his naivete towards I don't know why I'm killing these people. I'm just doing it because it's what I'm told. Like I I don't know. You don't you don't think that's like the absolute loyalty to the system? I've been the system's been good to me. I will do whatever the system Yeah, I guess that makes that makes sense. Yeah. And like I mean you see this all the time in movies like people making choices for the greater good what they think is the greater good of humanity i think that's the role he's playing is like i will kill whoever i need to kill because in the end it doesn't matter like you right. know the ends right. justify the means yeah that, that character sense. for me is is appealing that's where i thought he went but i get it also like his 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 naive approach to actual humanity is is interesting so my big question for you where does Nick Cage fit in all this? 
You know, I don't know if he does. I don't know. I mean, First time. I was trying to like wedge him into like to like Jane. Yeah. Comic relief, gun comic running. Relief. But when Nick Cage has a comic relief, sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so unfortunately, I don't have him. I don't have him in the movie. Okay. All right. So Nick Cage could not be in this movie. He doesn't make the movie better. He does not make the movie better. Just Maybe if he more. has Sarah Polson's role. He's just okay. like yeah. <laughs> 30 seconds explaining how everything got screwed up. Right. Or maybe like the doctor at the very beginning who's experimenting on River or something like that. Like something that's really. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. 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 Um, Crazy scientist type deal. All right. So I I tasked you with this movie. I've got my ranking in mind, but what do you rank this movie and why? I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Oh, okay, great. And a large part of that is for it being surprisingly good for not knowing the series that came before it. Okay. And yeah. I, it took me maybe 15 minutes to figure out who everybody was. So it's a really good job. Yeah, okay, cool. And it was, you know, it like, I remember watching it because I watched it today, but like <laughs> making faces, like while things were happening, like this is gross or what's going to happen next. And like, I was completely into the movie. Right. Yeah. You weren't scrolling or anything like that while you're watching. Nope. nope. Yeah. It's, 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 this is a very engaging movie. I, I would yes. agree with that. Yeah. Uh, nine out of 10 for me. I don't know where my point goes. I just am reluctant to give it the 10 out of 10. I think it's I think it's good. Uh, probably because one of my best characters, my favorite characters, dies in the end. Um, by the way, they had to kill him off because little insight to the director, he did not commit to a sequel movie. Oh, so they had to kill him off, and they had to kill Shepard off also because he did not commit to a second movie. So they had to figure out some way to get rid of those characters, and I, that was kind of disappointing for me. <laughs> That that's the reason why. <laughs> Can we talk about a character that we haven't talked about? Go ahead. His name in the movie is Mr. Universe. Yeah. You mean his Bernard? name his name in real life is David Crumholtz, but everybody would know him as Bernard the head elf. Yeah. Santa Claus movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's my wife, as soon as she saw it, goes, That's Bernard from the <laughs> from the santa claus i was like oh it yeah. is it bernard is. from the santa claus movies it's insane and then a i don't know if it's a cult classic because it's it's probably pretty you know popular you've probably even seen it uh 10 things i hate about you yeah mm -hmm. he's in that movie too okay um you know teen angst movie but yeah right yeah yeah when i, I was like is that is that that's bernard yeah oh yeah yeah. Again, as soon I as you pointed a... it out, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's very much." I had never thought of that before. He doesn't have that that Brooklyn-y accent in this movie, so I, I actually right. had to like look it up. I did the only time I paused the movie was like, "Is that Bernard the Elf?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I will Even say his robot wife. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, okay, so here's here's my final justification for the 9 out of 10. So Orson Scott Card, the writer of Ender's Game, right? Yep. Um, one of, like, the most classic sci-fi books of all time um, is, is quoted as, after watching Serenity, he said, this is the best science fiction film ever. 
if Ender's Game can't be this kind of movie and this good of a movie, then I want it never to be made. I'd rather just watch Serenity again. So like other sci-fi writers, other critics really loved this movie. It just like didn't make any money. <laughs> it just didn't do well in the box office. Um, they made $2 million overall. <laughs> They spent thirty nine and made forty one. I think they didn't spend a hundred. Right, right. Which was the original plan. It never got top of the blockbuster. It only got second place. Overseas, it did a little bit better. It won a bunch of like sci fi awards. Um, like magazines quote it, like sci fi magazines and video games and all that stuff. They quote it as like the best movie of all time. Um. But for the mainstream audience, I don't know. Maybe it was just a little bit too sci-fi. But I think Orson Scott Card, like that's that's huge uh, props. And then you know, Ender's Game eventually did get made, and it was not great, right, at all. I want this to be a video game. Yeah, that this would be great, like an open world. Yeah, where you can jump from planet to planet, and yeah, like absolutely. Grand Theft Auto space. That'd be great. We'll uh, we'll call up uh, Josh Whedon and and see what he's got in, in play. Yeah. Yeah, we'll start a GoFundMe for the video game. Right. <laughs> Make about All right. Fifteen dollars. I'm ready. I'm ready for my assignment. Are you sure? Yeah, I, I think so. I would say that this is a cult classic as well. Okay. I know four people who have seen this movie. Oh no. And one is me, and the other is my wife. Okay. Good start. Movie assigned to you. It's a movie called The Whole Nine yards uh, okay i've heard this title before i've okay phrase, yeah yeah i will uh, give you okay the top three stars okay you can be the top four stars in the movie okay you always are so generous to me bruce, and i give you nothing bruce willis okay so diehard matthew no, perry oh okay Amanda Pete. Okay. And Kevin Pollack. Um, whole nine yards. Whole nine yards makes me think sports, makes me think golf, it makes me think football for some reason. I'm gonna go with Matthew Perry is an amateur golfer who seeks the help of a much more experienced golfer, Bruce Willis to learn the finer points of the game and their wives are involved. This How did I getting you back for getting the American president completely? Right. <laughs> so I'm not, this is not going to be good. Huh? Not even the same universe. Okay. Does it's it involve be, sports? It's going to be great. No. Oh crap. Okay. You're actually going to like, I think you're going to like this movie. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, Beside, I I thought Matthew Perry is one of those actors that after Friends dropped off the face of the planet. But apparently this is also a movie he was in. Yeah, and it probably was during Friends. And, you know, Bruce Willis is is good in most things. He's good on being bloodied and, and holding a gun. So is he bloodied and holding a gun in this movie? We're going to let you watch it. We'll come back okay. and talk about it next week. All right, fine. Fine. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of In Flight Movie Podcast. You're the worst. I'd like to thank what you say. You're the worst. You're the worst. Let me finish the outro before. Okay, you cool. The worst.
We'd like to thank Josh Whedon and his 2000 movie, 2005 movie Serenity and his series Firefly, which I will probably check out because of the movie. Produced by Universal Pictures, starring Nathan Fillion and Gina Torres. We'd like to thank Basil Haydens and Four Roses for flying us with imbibement during uh, the episode. Join us next week for Brandon Reviews, The Whole Nine Yards, starring Matthew Perry and Bruce Willis. We're the worst. See you then. Thank you for listening to the In Flight Movie Podcast. We know you have approximately 4 million movie podcasts to choose from, and we appreciate you trusting your time with us here. You can follow us on Twitter at InFlightPod and Instagram at InFlightMoviePod for updates on upcoming shows and even DM us suggestions for movies you would like reviewed. Thanks again for joining us.